He'll just get it off. Four-man rush. Dobbs hit as he throws. Ball is out. Commanders have it. It's paid on top of it. It was knocked out by Sweat. What is up? And welcome back to the HTTC Podcast. Here are your hosts, Freddie Ham and Parker Ham. What is up, Commander Nation? And welcome back to the HTTC Podcast, where we hail together and talk commanders. It's your boy, Hot Take Freddie, and I am without my co-host, Pipe Bomb Parker Hamlet, for the moment, doing things a little bit differently this week. Parker seems to be doing a lot of traveling this week. However, we are still going to present to you Parker's Pipe Bomb, as well as give our Week 2 predictions. We're just going to be doing it a little bit differently, but let's get right into it. The Week 1 home opener against the Arizona Cardinals, and it was not what we thought it was going to be, was it? I don't think anybody expected what happened. I will say this, the vibes at the stadium were immaculate. I was there along with so many other fans and lots of fans, obviously, who haven't been here in decades, quite frankly, and it was amazing. The camaraderie in the parking lot, at the tailgates, uh, in the stadium, the stadium was loud, it was rocking. Of course, when we got down a little bit, we, we even booed the offense for a little bit. Hey, that's how you do it in the NFC East, right? It was great. Obviously, it didn't go the way we planned. Everyone was talking about a blowout, this and that. I think the commanders got reminded, hey, this is the NFL. You can't look past anybody. Everyone's getting paid. You know, they're all professionals out there. There's people who are making excuses for the team. There's people who are saying, oh, you know, it, the, the team's a lot better. I kind of tend to float somewhere in the middle. Uh, I do want to get this out of the way, though. That huge, egregious hit on Sam Howell early in the game. I just want to say, Kaiser White, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, and suck cock. And that's all I have to say about that. This team showed a lot of resilience. I think that that was most positive takeaway from the game. I mean, offense sputtered, obviously. That Antonio Gibson fumble, you can't do that. Uh, there was one play where Hal had a wide open Deami Brown streaking down the boundary and didn't see him. So a lot to be critical of. Sam definitely didn't have his best game. He was sacked six times. Probably half of those sacks were, were his fault. The other half were the offensive line. I tend to think that the offensive line wasn't as bad as people present it to be. And I, I, you know, People might say I'm crazy, but I don't think that the offensive line is as bad as people seem to be. Uh, you know, jumping to that conclusion right now. Sam Howell, obviously, the, the one sack, letting go of the ball, Arizona scoring that touchdown, I mean, that was terrible. Uh, the defense is for real. The defense is legit. The defense is everything that we thought it would be this season. I mean, so long to uh, getting off to slow starts. I mean, this defense started fast, and they finished strong. And they were on the field a lot, but that front four was just fantastic, even without Chase Young. I mean, we were getting pressure, consistent pressure. Montez Sweat playing out of his mind. Montez Sweat is on track like Deron Payne was last year, contract year. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think Montez Sweat, I know this is super early, but, hey, how about a hot take? So hot. And I don't even really think it's that hot of a take. Montez Sweat, he's going to get that back. I think he's going to be the guy. Chase Young, I don't know. Hey, maybe he'll come back. He'll surprise us all. But the injury thing really, really scares me. And then also starting to question his dedication a little bit. 
I, I think a lot of people are. But again, can't say enough about the defense. They played great. Arizona didn't score a single offensive touchdown. The only touchdown that Arizona scored was on that turnover on defense. So you can't ask for much more than that. You really can't. And the score would have been very, very different if the offense had, you know, gone the way that we thought that it would go. But I think EB will get everything straight. I think they'll get all that cleaned up. It's a short preseason. Starters don't play, you know, like like they did before. So, and and if you look around the league, you'll see you'll see the rust, and but you'll see that kind of come off week two. And hey, on the road against the Broncos, we can't look past that game. But right now, let's go ahead and get into it. I think, yep, he's here. It's your boy Parker Hamlet here on the HGTC podcast, joining you guys from a remote location. I've been traveling a lot this week, going from state to state, so me and Freddie really haven't had a chance to convene, so doing things a little bit uh, unorthodox this week. But with that being said, there is a lot to be excited about coming out of this week one win for the Washington Commanders. And like I told my guy Tim Meek when I saw him, it's a win. Don't overcomplicate it. Honestly, it, it, it felt like a win for the fans. Seeing that 64,000 graphic just go across the Jumbotron was just absolutely insane. You know, shout out to the UK boys, the Burgundy Zone guys, and everybody we searched, shared section 305 with. I think I can speak for me and Freddie both that we had a blast. And uh, John's play-by-play is something that I'll probably never forget. But, I mean, it was a very... <laughs> It was, it was a win that had a lot of grit, and, you know, Commanders chuck it out uh, down going into halftime against the hapless Arizona Cardinals, who I think a lot of people can say showed up and performed beyond what everybody really thought they were capable of. But like I'd said on the pod, you know, this was a, a top-tier offensive line coming into this matchup. You've got a running back who's nearly eclipsed a 1,000 yards the last three seasons, so they were going to give you fits on the ground. But Josh Dobbs was exactly who we thought he was. Jonathan Gannon is exactly who we thought he was they are who we thought they were and you know we're talking about the burgundy and gold here you know they had a packed and i mean packed fedex field with alumni you had rg3 champ rigo with the jacket but i mean this game was about the department of defense and i'm coming to you guys today to give my pipe bomb but i do want to give a shout out to the defense who only allowed 210 total yards Cardinals had 114 yards through the air. Commanders forced two turnovers and sacked Josh Dobbs three times. And, you know, you immediately think about that sequence where you go Payne, Jonathan Allen, and then Montez Sweat with the strip sack. So just want to give a huge shout out to the defense who seem like they're not going to start off this season slow and and single-handedly won this game for us. Some of the highest PFF grades of the week going to Charles Leno, who graded with 78.2 highest on the offense, and Jonathan Allen, like I just mentioned, with a 90.2 rating leading the defense. But on the other side of that is the guys who didn't rank too hot. So, Freddie, wherever you're at, go ahead and hit my music. This week's Parker's Pipe Bomb, I want to be discussing the former RB1 for the Washington Commanders, who did his signature fumble in week one, and that is Antonio Gibson, who graded a 39.3 according to PFF, or as a wise man once told me, Parker Football Focus. This has been an issue for Antonio Gibson since 2021, guys. His fumble in the first half of this game in the red zone ended a really promising drive for the Commanders and left some points on the board for an offense that was struggling to get the lead going into halftime. And Antonio Gibson did what Antonio Gibson does. He puts the ball on the ground. 
this guy drafted back in 2020 uh, during COVID, coming out of Memphis, former wide receiver turned running back. You know, obviously that's a really tough transition for any player at any level, but at the end of the day, it is just not working out for the Washington Commanders and Antonio Gibson. And in a situation where you have guys like Cameron Crowe, who graded excellently as well on Sunday, and you have guys like Montez Sweat as well, who are looking for their paydays, do you give a second contract to a guy like Antonio Gibson? My answer to that is absolutely fucking not. You get nothing. You lose. But with that being said, I'm going in on Antonio Gibson. I came out last year on social media and, and said multiple times that I believe that this guy should not be the head back of this team outside of one busted coverage screen against the Buffalo Bills and a Thanksgiving performance against the Andy Dalton-led Dallas Cowboys team. What has Antonio Gibson shown you? Really, big playability. I mean, I mean, there's a point where you could argue that J.D. McKissick was the most explosive running back on this team. So I think the Antonio Gibson experiment in Washington is definitely over. I've seen enough. These fumbles are just always going to be a problem for Antonio Gibson. And at the end of the day, I've always had a couple of sayings. You're only as good as you are healthy. And when it comes to running backs, if you can't hold on to the rock, you're not making my 53. So I've seen enough of Antonio Gibson. I say trend forward with Brian Robinson Jr., who they really weren't giving the ball enough in the first half, but ended up giving him to him plenty in the second half. So with that being said, I think you end the Antonio Gibson experiment. You had Chris Rodriguez with only three snaps in the home opener, understandably so, as a rookie running back. But I want to see more of Chris Rodriguez and in less of Gibby. Yes, Gibby. I know he doesn't want to be called Gibby. This guy has had more than enough chances to prove that he can fix this issue and correct it. But at the end of the day, he's putting the ball on the ground, and we cannot afford to do that at Mile High this Sunday. So more Chris Rodriguez, less of Gibby. This has been Parker's Pipe Bomb of the Week. Back to you, Freddie. Good stuff right there. And of course, since I edited in that segment, I have no idea while I'm recording this what Parker said, but I'm sure it was great. <laughs> and like I said, guys, short and sweet this week. There's really not a whole lot to say, but I do want to give some props. I do have to give props. We're here because you're looking for the best of the best of the best. Again, Montez Sweat. I mean, just playing out of his mind. But really, I want to give props to the entire defensive line. I mean... Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, they continue to be that defensive tackle duo that is just fantastic. And then even in the back end, Kendall Fuller played great. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, he made a big play. I mean, he the fact that he didn't get an interception on the, the final play there uh, where Arizona had to convert on that fourth down just amazes me. Emmanuel Forbes ran the route for the receiver. I mean, I really think that he's as advertised. And the interceptions are going to come. But just fantastic. I mean, secondary was great. Defensive line was great. The defense, just all around. If they can play to that level for the entire season, I, I mean, there's I mean, Jack Del Rio said it in the locker room that they can go wherever they want to go. And the great thing is, as this offense kind of gets its footing, obviously they can lean on the defense. Because this defense is just, there's no other way I can describe it. The defense is elite. I'll say it right now. The top. Some people are saying top five, top three, top two. I honestly think this could be the number one defense in the NFL. Straight up. But it's going to take more than just a great defense to beat the Broncos coming up this Sunday. And that being said, let me bring in Mr. Corey Sanchez, the Sanchez, from the On the Warpath YouTube channel with Corey's Keys. 
What's up, everybody? It's Corey Sanchez, 405 from On the Warpath, coming to you with my keys to victory against the Denver Broncos. Looking for our first victory in the Mile High City since 2001. And how do you do that? Well, you're going to be facing a lot of adversity as they welcome back their alumni. They're going to be celebrating the Super Bowl 33 team. 25 years since they won that championship. John Elway was the MVP. So that means we're going to see that curmudgeon Mike Shanahan. Uh, everybody's favorite uncle, O'Shea Sharp. Maybe bring Skip Bales. Maybe might bring Stephen A. We don't know. Terrell Davis. All those cats are going to be there watching the Broncos. The Broncos are going to be wearing their road whites, which that was the uniform they won the Super Bowl in. But it's not why we're here, right? Trying to find out a way to send the Broncos to the glue factory once again. We get our second trip to uh, Denver in the last three years due to this new weird scheduling, but who cares? Either way, defense, let's start there. Because you know what? Defense looked pretty damn good last week against the Redbirds from Arizona. And what I'm going to say, they played fast, physical, and they were violent. Let's do it again. Let's contain Russell Wilson. Let's force some turnovers. They did not turn the ball over last week, and our guys got home a lot on Josh Dobbs. So let's get that going. Let the good times uh, continue to happen there. Montez Sweat, I need you to be a canine. I need you to be a problem for Russell Wilson. One, two, step him into the ground. And then our offense. Let's talk about this. It's all about protection. I need my protection. Pre, just cover up. It's like you're going into the cold. Protect the ball at all times. Don't give it to uh, Antonio Gibson. Do give it to Brian Robinson. Let him pound that rock. Don't smoke it uh, because, you know, they might do that. They, they, they smoke a lot of stuff up there in Denver. So be smart with the ball there. Let's see some different layers from Eric Benjamin's offense. Sam Howell, uh, don't do too much. Don't do uh, – like the fumbling, the three turnovers, all this stuff. Uh, it, it's, that's a collective of the offense. The offensive line's got to play better. But I feel like if we establish a run, we have an opportunity to win the time possession game and that's less possessions uh, for Russell Wilson and company. So your offense is going to try to become a part of your defense as well there. So just run that ball. Run until he throws up. That's what I always like to say uh, for my keys to victory. For defense, you got to play violent. You got to play fast. You got to play physical. And just keep the same game plan from Arizona. And then on the opposite side, offense, take care of the ball. Run the rock. And just let Sam Howe do enough to not – lose this game. It's all a hey, it's not gonna be on him. Offense line's gotta be smarter as well. Uh also hey we talked about the reunion. Let's bring some of our Super Bowl twenty two guys out to Denver as well. That's good. That would be fun. And hopefully we can send these boys back to the M Glue Factory with an 0 2 record and us coming home with a two and record for the first time in a long time. So till next time y'all stay on my channel. Love peace hell. Back to my boys, Freddie Ham and the Dr. Parker Hamlet. We out. Now, Freddie asked me, what do I think is going to happen in Denver this weekend, week two, Washington Commanders? Broncos opening up as three and a half point favorites last time I checked. And I can't really say I blame Vegas for that because this Commanders offense looked very, very sloppy in week one of the 2023 NFL season. An offense that, you know, Eric Bieniemy. I, I was honestly expecting a lot more nuance from him in week one, but we didn't get that. At one point, we had 28 passing plays called, 10 run plays. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We sucked. 
Kind of had to shift that in the second half, but I need to see a little bit more consistency from Eric Bieniemy against an elite Pat Sertain-led defense with the Denver Broncos. Terry McLaurin only having four targets. He had three offensive turnovers. You know, this was, of course, a very winnable game for the Commanders, and I think that's why they were able to, even though it was very sloppy, course correct and end up coming out on top. But you're not going to be in a sold-out FedEx field that is absolutely roaring the loudest it has in over a decade. We're coming down the week one high hangover victory monday has passed and we are now focusing on this weekend's matchup and i think this denver team is definitely not the same one we saw last year you know you see russell wilson and sean payton's marriage starting off harmoniously you know a lot of dysfunction last year but russell wilson definitely looked like the player that we all thought he was going to be when he came to denver of course they did barely get edged out by the jimmy garoppolo led las vegas raiders last week but that is a division matchup guys i don't think a a loss in week one makes or breaks your season obviously it's good to start off the season in the win column but that being said we can easily add the first l to the loss column here if we do not show up to play we've already seen the jack del rio led defense is not starting off slow and they're gonna need to bring that same energy when they show up to mile high because this denver offense can kill you they really can it's not sexy but i mean when you got like you have a guy like russell wilson leading the charge and you have the offensive weapons that they do while none of them are really huge household names i still feel like they're all capable of big play ability we're gonna have to stay clean on special teams can't have cameron cheeseman messing up snaps can't have jameson crowder messing up at returner you know, this was a feel-good moment, you know. Josh Harris got the game ball, and, and I loved everything about week one. It felt like a celebration. But week two, this Commanders team has to mean business. And, you know, Sam Howell, who's a big talking point, Leno said he was unshaken and unfazed after his second career start. He goes 19-31 to for 202 yards and a touchdown and interception. We're going to need more of the same. In fact, I think we're going to be need less. We're going to need a better performance out of Sam Howell going into week two i think this is a huge test this is very reminiscent of the buffalo bills matchup uh, a couple years ago i want to say where you know we kind of see where this team's at early in the year and you know we, we can't have sam howell also getting just killed in the backfield either we're, we're gonna need sam howell to, to trend in the right direction in this matchup also diami brown 19 snaps with no targets definitely need to change that as well get this guy on the field get him involved in the offense you got Quan martin in the concussion protocol you had sam cosme how some scares as well so we'll see how that affects the secondary you had cam curl playing every snap we're gonna need more from him as well even even though he played excellently in week one we're gonna need this defense to bring the same energy going into denver and ron rivera's quote i think says it best he says believe me i am happy as hell we won i really am but we have to play better we really do so Like I said, Denver Broncos, three and a half point favorites. I think that's completely fair. With that being said, I have the Washington Commanders barely squeaking out a win, stealing one on the road against the Broncos. I've watched Commanders winning 21 to 17. I really do think that throughout the week, Eric Bieniemy and this coaching staff are going to refine a lot of the things that we sloppily saw executed during the week one matchup. There's going to be a lot of jitters. I think this Denver defense is going to eat regardless, but I think it's going to be a tight contest. I think we're going to see more on the offensive side of the ball. They already got a taste of what works. They already got a taste of what doesn't. There's some things that could have played out for weeks, and we would have saw it come to a boiling point and then erupt at the worst possible times. But some things, some narratives, some dynamics on this offense that don't work have already played out, and I trust this coaching staff to course correct and do everything they need to do going into Denver. I think for the first time since 2013, the Washington Commanders start off 
2-0. and and, that, and the last time that happened, Rex Grossman was our starting quarterback. And I think Sam Howell is a hell of a lot better than Rex Grossman. And I think this defense is a hell of a lot better than that defense was too. So I think this is a measuring stick. I think this is a test. And I think the commanders are going to pass. But we will see what happens at mile high. But like Ron said, we have to play better than we did on Sunday. But we'll see what happens. Cross your fingers. And let's hope the commies come out of this 2-0. and But that's all I got. Make no mistake about it, this is a big game coming up. I know it's only week two, but going 2-0 and versus 1-1 and means a lot. It means a lot for this team, especially the first quarter of the season. Because you got to remember, right after this, we got the Bills and then we got the Eagles. And I know the Bills didn't look very good, but the Bills are a really good team. And the Eagles, I don't have to say anything about that. So my week two prediction, I think... That we pull it out. I think that the offense looks a lot better. I think the pass pro looks a lot better. I think the defense continues to look the way that they look, the way that they've the way that they've looked, quite frankly, since last year. I think that the margin of victory will be a little bit more, actually. So I'm taking Washington Commanders 28, Denver Broncos 13. And that's all we got for this week. Until next time, guys, hail to the commanders. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the HTTC Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at HTTC Pod, along with links to the show, social media, and the HTTC official store benefiting the Hog Farmers Charity. Until next time, hail to the commanders. Following has been a presentation of the HTTC Podcast. Any other use of this podcast or of the descriptions and accounts of this episode without the express written permission of Freddie Ham and Parker Hamlet is prohibited.